Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your host, Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson. Before I even get started, uh, Adam, I already told you this off air and everybody listening. I hit. I had my first kind of flash of what it's like to be old. I'm only 23, but I went to the gym this morning and uh, I was doing some squats, just like I used to in football. Didn't think anything about it. I always do squats, you know, every Friday, everything like that. And when I was coming up, I just felt the sharp pain in my back, and that was. And now I'm walking like I uh, am 100 years old, Adam. I'm telling you, my man. This is probably the worst pain I've ever been through, and I've been through two ACLs and a back surgery. We'll, we'll get you a cane. We'll get you around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, it's terrible. But what's up, man? How you doing? You good? Hey, I'm feeling a lot better. Everybody, my apologies. We didn't get this out yesterday. I legit did not have a voice. I went to go call Marcus. And I was like, I can't even call him. I don't think he'd understand me, so I sent him a text. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're good to go today, so we'll get this out. And uh, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Yeah, we appreciate it, everybody. And uh, some big news, Adam. Well, I guess it's always big news every week, I always say. But uh, what news you got for us, my man? Hey, let's let's talk some baseball. I mean, you know, it's kind of been a wild ride here so far this year. The team's playing really well, um, you know, out there. But they just can't seem to get over the hump during the midweek games. But uh, let's, let's talk a little following the future about what's coming into – the program um we got several athletes from that 2019 signing class that are in the midst of their senior season right now uh we'll definitely be getting more in-depth coverage in the coming weeks of spring break or spring camp for football kind of breaks um but i definitely thought we should highlight a few of those guys and at least acknowledge what they're doing right now and uh i think with with baseball recruiting um it's such a different beast than football Whereas you're really having to weigh, you know, it's almost two different games of recruiting. You get them committed and then signed to your program, and then that's the first step. And then the second step is, okay, well, how do we convince them to come to the university rather than going pro if they're, you know, high enough profile guy? I definitely think there's a couple guys that um, we need to keep our eyes on. We'll address that in the coming weeks. But uh, let's let's just talk a little bit about some of the guys right now in their senior years. Uh, let's start off with Cooper Cooper Herpy out of uh, Woodland, California. He's a big lefty. Um, this dude's been on fire. He had a 15 Ks, uh, no hitter the other night. He threw five innings. So you do the math. That's he struck out every batter that he faced over five innings. Um, What's even more phenomenal about that in that same game, he hit three bombs too. So he's doing it from both sides, out on the field and at the dish. And it's also the third no-hitter in a row that he threw. So this kid kid lights out. Um, I definitely think he's going to be one that is starting to emerge on a lot of professional scouts' uh, draft boards, and he's definitely ascending up them right now. So he's definitely one we want to keep uh, an eye on as the major league draft approaches. Uh, you know, we'll be catching up with him here soon to get his thoughts on like his senior season, how the uh, you know which way he's leaning maybe, or what's important to him as the draft and the opportunity to play Oregon State approaches. A um, couple other pitchers we wanted to uh, acknowledge: Kai Murphy uh, down there in Arizona at Red Mountain High School. 
Uh, he's had another couple strong outings on the bump. Uh, he threw a one-hitter earlier this year. Um, you know, he's he's not an overpowering guy, I don't think. He's more of a guy who's going to mix it up. You know, if I compare him to somebody, it's going to be like a, a Gundy or a Tom Glavin-esque type guy where he's he's more of a control guy. He's not going to overpower you. Uh, with that said, though, he had, he struck out eight guys and seven innings pitched on uh, I do believe his opening night for that Red Mountain team. He's also getting it done at the dish, too. I think he's got two or three bombs already this year, too. Um, moving out to the Midwest, we got three guys that are signed, sealed, and hopefully going to be delivered here uh, to the Oregon State program. We got Drew Gilbert and Will Frisch out of Stillwater, Minnesota, and Jack Washburn out of Webster, uh, Wisconsin. Um, I don't know if anybody's been following the the, uh, the weather out there. You know, we're flooding here. They're snowed in out there in the Midwest. So their seasons are really just starting to get going. I think both teams are actually 2-0 and at this point um, as they kind of dig themselves out of the snow out there. Uh, but definitely both, all three of them are high-quality guys. Uh, I think Will Frisch was a top 100 athlete uh, in the nation or top 50 somewhere in there. So he's going to be another guy that you want to keep an eye on for the draft coming up. Um, and all of them get it done on the bump. I think Frisch also plays a uh, little infield as well, and all three of them can swing it too. Jack, I think, batted almost 500 last year as a junior. Uh, we'll be definitely catching up with all three of them again here later on the spring. Um, moving back a little bit closer to home now, uh, Ben Steck is the catcher that signed for the 2019 class. He's up out of uh, Henry M. Jackson up in Washington, so I think that's uh, um, just east of Seattle out there. So they've gotten 12 games under their belts already. He's already hitting over 400. He's got 11 ribbies on the season, two doubles, two triples, uh, on-base percentage over 500. So he's definitely a guy who's getting it done at the dish. I think he's a big bat that's going to be coming into the program. Um, can hit for power, can also hit for average and get on base. Um, another kid, uh, we're going to move over to Colorado now. we got Justin Boyd. He's a shortstop, kind of middle infielder. Uh, he's another guy who gets on base at a high percentage. He's also um, got legit speed, so he's a threat to take that extra base on a routine hit to the outfield. He's also a threat to uh, steal on the bases. So uh, for his senior year, he's also 12 games in. He's batting 436. He's got 12 runs. Scored 10 ribbies. He's got five doubles, two triples, a bomb. He's got an on-base percentage of 560 right now, and he's uh, swiped four bags. Um, the other athlete that I really want to touch on, Wyatt Young. He was the one. Uh, he's an outfielder out of Kincaid Academy down in Texas. Uh, he's more of a utility guy. You can kind of plug and play him wherever across the field. He, he signed as an outfielder. He plays, I think, he's behind the dish and at first and plays on third and out in the outfield down there in Kincaid. Uh, he's another big bat. If you remember back to the signing period, um, he was a kid who had some issues with uh, um, his LOI going through, so he actually wasn't announced until several weeks after the signing day. Uh, but he's another big-time bat. He's got two or three bombs on the – or he had a two-home run game, actually, earlier this year. Um, he's been recognized by Vibe out of Texas or Houston, Texas, which is a, a regional publication out there as their player. It, so why Young, uh, he was named uh, uh, by Houston area regional player of the month for uh, the month of March. So definitely uh, a big, another big bat that's coming into the program that uh, 
uh, we'll want to catch back up with again. Um, I really felt like, you know, we've been paying a lot of attention to kind of the hoop season wrapping up and football spring camp. It's time that we introduce some of the baseball uh, coverage to the uh, damn recruiting podcast now. Absolutely. Um, For all but the definitely baseball we'll fans, be de- man. Uh, of course, and we'll be diving more into that as spring camp wraps up. So I know I know you're excited about that, Marcus. Yeah, man, I, I'm always excited for it. It's just, you know, and I, I think I said this on the last episode, it's just how much fun spring football is. I don't know if, I mean, not probably not right now with all this rain and my goodness, it's it's terrible. I can only imagine what the players are experiencing. You, only if the coach is making practice outside. But, you know, I just wanted to add in what you were saying about the baseball is, I mean, we do need to talk about it more. I don't think on either the damn podcast or this damn recruiting podcast, we talk enough about baseball because, as everybody know, our baseball team is pretty damn good. So <laughs> we should do it more often. And so that's why it's always nice to hear about these guys coming in. But, um, you know, outside looking in, because I'm not, you know, I don't follow baseball as closely as I do, you know, football and basketball. Um, but it's always crazy, you know, just thinking about these kids in high school that, you know, instead of making a decision like most of, I mean, like, you know, all of us football players do, okay, should we go, you know, are we going to go to Oregon state? We're going to go to Washington, Oregon state, Boise state, Cal, whatever. They're like, okay, so do I, you know, do I go to Oregon state or do I go pro? And I'm just, it's always crazy when people, you know, when people talk about that, I'm just like, man, like. Thinking about what I was like as an 18-year-old, if I had a chance to go pro, my goodness, I would take it every time. So I always give baseball recruits props. If they're, you know, obviously if they're high enough to get into um, the MLB any way they can, right? Whether it's, I think it, it starts at AAA, right? Is it AAA or it, I know it, there's uh, there's so much. So there's like, yeah. yeah, there's like multiple different levels of minor league ball. There's your, you know, rookie, single A, double A, triple A several different teams for each program for rookie ball as well. That's kind of what you slot into when you first start, unless you're somebody like Nick Madrigal, who I think went straight into single A and then jumped up to double A last summer, and that's where he's at now. But yeah. it's, it's just it, any time with baseball, that side of things, it's just so unlike any other sport, I feel like. Yeah. It's crazy. It seems like it's a whole different monster because it's – you know, like I was saying, because football, you know, it's a lot of choosing where you want to go to, obviously playing time, how the co- how you're going to fit. And I think it's the same for baseball. But anytime you bring in money, right, and you bring in the fact mm-hmm. that you get money and basically fame at the same time while playing at the highest level, you know, it's it's super hard to turn it down. That's why I'm saying it's like you hear these kids that turn it down and, and end up coming to college. Obviously, it's probably because it's going to end up benefiting or benefiting them, excuse me, more than you know going straight pro. But man, it's just so crazy because that's a big decision to make for you know an eighteen-year-old whether to be a professional athlete or be a collegiate athlete. So I always think that's crazy. But yes, man, that got a little off topic. But spring, no, spring I mean we could, football. We could definitely go down that road if you wanted to. Man. talking about the future things. I think we should save it for another pod. But, I mean, that whole the whole intricacy behind baseball recruiting and the high, the process that they go through and then you start comparing it to, like, football. And, you know, you could even tie it into the AAF and how that just folded because they were trying to be that minor league feeder program in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, yeah, I, I digress. We'll save that talk for another time. Yeah, we're going to have so, to do that because that can be a whole yeah. pod. <laughs> I, exactly. feel like, I feel like that that's a really good topic to talk about. And people could, you know, we could probably get some baseball fans on because they – could educate me even more because I'm always, you know, I'm always looking to educate myself about this. But that's right. Football. We got football, man. Spring football. Yep. It's uh is spring games next week. Yeah, it's next week on Saturday. That will be that will be fun. You know, and a positive thing I work at 1080 the fan for those who don't know, uh, my boss gave me the green light to go to the Oregon State spring game. Um it was between that and the Oregon Duck one. Because we are the home of the Ducks here, but uh, you know, I don't know if I pulled some strings or if it was the fact that I wore a lot of Beaver stuff all week. But he gave me the green light to go to the Oregon State one, so I'm pretty excited for that. Um, that's a little off topic, but Adam, do you have any football hey. news for us, man? Yeah, of course. Well, uh, you know, speaking on behalf of myself and probably Angie and everybody else at Blitz, we're definitely be pumped to see you down there. A lot better than down on the sidelines down in uh, Eugene. But <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, let's definitely dive into some football talk. A uh, few new offers out this week. Um, big one out to 2021 tight end Jermaine Terry. He's out of uh, Richmond, California. He's a top 100 kid. 24-7 just released their top uh, 247 athletes for the 2021 class. So this upcoming year's junior class, and Jermaine Terry finds himself inside the top 100. He's the number four tight end in the nation. The Beavs were his eighth offer, joining Florida, Cal, Arizona State, Oregon, Tennessee. Um, he was up on campus on Monday, picked up that offer. Uh, they were up in the Northwest kind of making the rounds. They had competed up in uh, the 7-on-7 seven -seven tournament up in Seattle, the Northwest Battle for the Crown. So he and his uh, silly U 7-on-7 team came down to Oregon State um, on Monday and then hit up uh, – Eugene and the Ducks Monday night. So he got his offer. We'll see how that kind of plays out for Oregon State. Definitely got a lot of time there. Um, let's, I think we should definitely look more into the immediate, though, as well. Uh, there could still be the possibility, possibility of adding another member to the 2019 class as an offer was extended to Justin Ford. He's a, a corner out of Golden West uh, Community College down in the uh, Bay Area. He rated as a three-star. Um, he had originally signed his LOI with Kansas, but uh, for reasons that we aren't quite sure on right now, he's been released from that uh, letter of intent and has really seen his stock increase over the last number of weeks. Uh, this week he's set to see Auburn and Boise State, so when you combine that with his official visits that he took to uh, Kansas and the fourth school is escaping me. He has one OV uh, left after that. So these might be pushing to get him on campus here in the near future. Uh, he's going to be a summer enrollee wherever he decides to go. Um, so possibility there, something playing out with Justin Ford. Um, then there's a few new offers out to the 2020 class, so this upcoming senior class. Um, Jared Greenfield, he's a safety out of Narbonne uh, High School down in the L.A. area. He's a four-star the number 30 prospect in the state of California and number 23 safety nationally, according to 24-7. These are a sixth offer, joining Cal, Oregon, and BYU, kind of towards the top there for his uh, top offers. He's a former teammate of Jamar Jefferson down there in Narbonne, so kind of happy in there. Um, we'll see. We're working on getting in touch with him as well to get his thoughts on that offer and if he's going to be making it up here soon. 
another corner offer extended to uh, another JUCO, uh, Alton Julian. He's 2020, so he's going to be going into his sophomore year. He's a three-star. Uh, these were his first offer, and they extended that while he was on campus on Wednesday, I do believe, or Monday. Monday. Um, so you're kind of starting to see Blue Adams there again, definitely getting out there, making those relationships, and kind of seeing what he's targeting. Both uh, Greenfield, Greenfield's a little bit smaller at six foot one eighty. Uh, Julian's definitely a little big, long arm corner, which seems to be the pattern that uh, Coach Adams is uh, built upon or is targeting for this 2020 class. Uh, the last new offer goes out to Caden Johnson. He's a linebacker out of, I'm going to butcher this, Minnehaha Academy out of Minnesota. Good. Sounds like you got it right. <laughs> well, you know, you got you to chuckle, I guess, when you say it. Uh, he's another, <laughs> he's another four-star top 100 kid, uh, number one player in Minnesota. These are his 13th offer. We're thinking that there must be a connection with uh, Coach Tibisar out there for them to go out to Minnesota and make that offer. Um, so those are kind of your new offers right now for this last week. Uh, we're still seeing kind of a conservative approach as they own in on their top targets for this class. And uh, we'll probably see another round go out once uh, the spring evaluation period kind of kicks up. Perfect. Um, you know, yeah. I, I have to ask, because I always see it on Twitter, I see a lot of this Chad Johnson Jr., and I know there's a lot of hype. Uh, don't get me wrong. I would love to have him at Oregon State. But, you know, do you know any kind of backstory? Like, is Oregon State – because I know, and, you know, I, I talk about this sometimes often, that a lot of guys, they when they see these offers, right, and they talk about visits, some guys take them serious and some guys don't, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes you already have your mind made up, which if he does, you know, respect if he wants to choose whatever school he chooses. And, you know, that's that's not what I'm trying to get at, but – I want to know if Oregon State is a serious contender for this guy. Like, is do the Beavs have a chance at him, or is he more of you know you think he might be just playing with the fact that his dad went here and everything like that? You know, it's tough to say. Um, I think they have an opportunity to flip him um, from his commitment. He's committed to Arizona State right now, but he's also got Antonio Pierce as his lead recruiter down there. So mm. uh, Coach Pierce is definitely a guy who makes really strong connections with his his targets who he's targeting. So it'll be it'll be one to watch. It's kind of up in the air. He's supposed to be coming up for the spring game. Uh, we'll see if that still is going to happen. You know, according to social media and his presence out there, it, it's 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 looking like it is, but we still need to confirm, and that could change up until realistically day uh, uh, whether he is or not. I think uh, you know you hear kind of back channel stuff. Um, you know, maybe he, uh, you know, he's at Cathedral this year, so maybe he needs a little work to do uh, in the classroom, and that might be why he's sitting at three offers right now uh, from Arizona State, Florida Atlantic. Oregon State, but conversely, that could also be because he made such a strong uh, commitment early to ASU that realistically only Oregon State's pursuing him because of his connection to the university. Um, so it can kind of, you know, reading between the lines, it could be really both ways. It could be he is seriously um, interested in Oregon State and contemplating his commitment to Arizona State and whether he wants to flip, but he wants to get out here to see it. Mm-hmm. Or he could be, you know, kind of, you know, playing the cards, I guess, playing the recruiting game, the yeah. same as, you know, coaches do when they're 
out there. They're always looking one step ahead in case they get dropped or they drop a kid or whatnot. So it, it's, I, I would say I'm going to hold off passing any kind of judgment on uh, Chad Johnson and his interests up until, you know, he gets out here and uh, takes him to school and really as the recruiting process continues to unfold, um, if they can get him back up for an official visit, definitely that would start training things in the right way. Yeah, um, The absolutely. unofficial visit is a huge step forward, though, as well, because, I mean, that's that's out of the player's pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. well, that's, you know, and I always just kind of wonder about, you know, playing the recruiting game because for a while I was, I don't get me wrong, I, I was a bitter guy about it. I was like, I don't know why they do that, right? Like, if you, like, focus less on kind of trying to be a popular guy, you know, that rant that I always go on, that's already – you know, that's already been kind of <laughs> engraved in the stone, but I'm I'm more, you know, I really changed my mind about it. And I get, right, sometimes this it might be your only chance to go check out a cool place like this, right? Like Oregon State's a cool place. And who knows? Maybe he is playing the recruiting game and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Arizona State, but who knows? You never know. And I think it's more of that kind of question mark and that open ended question as maybe I will like it. Right. And am I going to like it? Kind of stuff like that, because say he comes here and he all of a sudden he's just like, oh, my goodness, I is this is a there's nothing like I thought. I thought it was great or he thought it was bad. Right. Regardless, mm-hmm. I think playing the recruiting game is actually it, I've really my mind has really changed. I think it's turned into something where I'm like, you're right. The kids only go through this once. Right. Like when they mm-hmm. get to college, they're not going to be these famous, you know, people are always tweeting at him, you know, like. Adam to Corvallis, right? Hashtag Adam to Corvallis, something like that, right? It's going to be different. And so I kind of respect it, and I really get where they're coming from now. So I just wanted to throw that in there, man, because I, I, I think a lot of the time I was just looking at it from a pat or, you know, former player thing that I'm already past that whole recruiting process. It wasn't like this when I was getting recruited. You know, it was more of, you know, nobody put it on their social media. Nobody did that, right? I, I kept it in my family, which is, you know, I kept between my family, my football coaches. I was like, you know, it's cool that I got an offer here or here or here. But, you know, now obviously with social media and everything like that, you might as well let them have their, you know, have their fun and have their spotlight because for some of them it's going to stay there. And then for some of them, you know, this might be their only chance to get that spotlight. So I think it's really changed my mind. I You know, I've taken a step back and respected kind of, what recruiting is now. Yeah. And especially if you, you know, just looking at how much it has changed over, you know, you, you graduated in what, 2011, 2012 from, uh, uh, 13, 2013. Yeah. I mean, you look, I read a really interesting article and I think we talked about this in maybe the second episode of the first episode, because it was a, a big discussion topic on uh, blitz, but how much the recruiting game has grown for even colleges it used to be you know the norm was uh, a program would extend anywhere from 80 to 100 and you know 30 offers per recruiting cycle to athletes mm-hmm. and now you look at it and there are schools that are offering 500 athletes per recruiting class they can only sign 25 kids yeah so i mean it's from an athlete's perspective i can only imagine yeah hey hype that up talk about it, share it, say, you know, that's a, that's a huge milestone to, to receive those offers. Um, and it, it's it's really just, I'm, I'm trying to emphasize the change that it's gone through in the last five years, even. Yeah. It, it's crazy. So. It's huge. It's just like, 
you don't really realize it until you know because i was just like man like it's all about kind of just posting it but you're right man it's it's the fact that they don't get to do it they won't be able to do this again so that's why you know Mm -hmm. i kind of just want to throw my two cents in and just be like okay i get it right i understand now that you know yeah if you're gonna hype yourself up you might as well do it if coaches are out here shooting out 400 offers like you know that's that's something that you know you kind of just have to keep in mind so I just want to throw that in there, show everybody I'm not a bitter old man anymore. And, like, you know, I'm opening my eyes to recruiting. This podcast has helped a lot. <laughs> it's, helped me, hey. it's, it's helped me, you know, get a grasp on it because I'm telling you, man, I was like, I am so tired of hopping on my Twitter and seeing all these all these offers and kids being like, you know, I'm blessed to receive my 25th offer. I'm like, okay, at this point, is it, you know, you actually enjoying the offer and being grateful for it or you just kind of want to be in the spotlight again? So. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but hey, my mind changed. I turned a new leaf. Yeah. Here we are now, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, who do we got today for uh we got a I'll take it next level, but who do we got today? Yeah. Uh for next level? Yeah, are we going with I think with... we are taking we are taking a look at CJ Stroud, the quarterback out of Rancho Cucamonga, uh dual threat quarterback, three star. I know you took in his film, so what what did you see on there, Marcus? What well, first of all, what I like about his game, I'll start off with that. Oregon State, this is another guy I think that is, okay, get this kid. He's gonna do a lot for you. Just because when I watch his game, it's he I'm gonna say this. He doesn't have, you know, that that super strong arm that he's gonna bomb it, I don't know, eighty yards down the field. I I don't know how many high school kids do, but um, just watching him play, he's athletic, which is good. I think his ability to really use his eyes to his advantage is something that nobody ever talks about. Literally nobody ever talks about that kind of thing as a high school um, quarterback because, say, as you know, you stare at the guy you're going to throw to, It's it makes it that much easier for a defender to really get into or get in the way of the route, I guess, but... Another thing I wanted to say is his anticipation is really what I was trying to get at. And his ability to anticipate the route where the guy has to be and where he's going to be, that's something that's super big, right? And a good example is, I don't know if anyone watched Geno Smith back in the day uh, when he played at West Virginia. But Geno Smith, going into the NFL, he had, I mean, Geno Smith had weapons on weapons on weapons. But what he couldn't do was anticipate the pass, right? That's why he had so many interceptions, and that's why in the NFL he's he is almost non-existent. Is because he is not very good at anticipating where the receiver is going to be or needs to be. He just throws, kind of throws the ball in that direction, and then that's where you you know you're care, uh, careless with the ball, intercept a bit, or people intercept the ball, yada yada yada. But he can do that extremely well, and I really like that. I saw a couple times on quick arrow routes, a team brought pressure right off the edge he was cool in the pocket he had his poise and he knew exactly where the guy was going to be and needed to be and he just you know nice little um pass out to the arrow and then man the guy turned it up for i don't know 50 yards that's the kind of stuff i like to see another thing is is obviously extremely accurate adam correct me if i'm wrong though he's what is he he's six two basically 200 pounds yeah, right uh, around in there. Yeah, right around there, and um, he has extremely good size. I like that size a lot. I don't. I it, me personally, I don't like quarterbacks who are like 
six eight or six five and can't move. I like quarterbacks who can mm-hmm. move, right? Especially in the Pac twelve, you need a guy who is elusive. You need a guy who can, you know, basically buy himself some time because teams are going to bring a lot of pressure from their athletic linebackers, and you're going to have to be able to find a way to get out of the pocket. And this is what we were talking about off air is when you get out of the pocket, what does he do a great job of is throwing on the run. And mm-hmm. you and you always want to see your quarterback stay in the pocket, but if he can extend the play and extend it, you know, say half a second longer, it gives his receiver that much more time to break off the corner or the defender and get open. And then when he's on the run and he throws an accurate pass, my goodness, that is something that I absolutely love to see. But there is one thing that I really want him to work on, though, and Adam, you know, you can kind of chime in on this, too, is I want to see I want to see him stay in the pocket more because I think a lot of the time now when you get a he's considered a, a quote unquote dual threat quarterback when you get those kind of quarterbacks instead of you know being in the pocket stepping up in the pocket and then delivering the pass you'll see a lot of guys okay I'm fast I'm athletic if they bring pressure or as soon as the ball is snapped if I see any pressure instead of trusting my line trusting my running back or you know maybe my tight end whoever is going to pick up you know the uh, pressure. You'll see a lot, uh, a lot of quarterbacks kind of just escape the pocket, and what they'll want to do is just kind of, kind of like a Johnny Menzel, just kind of try to make anything happen. When you look at you, when you break down the film, you're like, man, all he has to do is step up in the pocket, take a step up in the pocket, and deliver the pass, and you'll be fine, right? But that's, yeah. I think, the one thing he needs to work on, and just if you can have that poise in the pocket. Like I said, that he with the anticipation, there's times that you could tell that he's he's a little nervous. Maybe when teams bring pressure, and it happens to everybody, right? Trust me, when I'm sitting back at running back, and you know I'm looking in the middle of the field, and I'm supposed to go run a spot route, but I'm seeing you know a Solomon Thomas from Stanford who dropped back from the defensive line is ready to crush me, right? I'm gonna be a little nervous, right? It's just how it goes, yeah. but. Um, those are just, that's just something I really want him to work on is just staying in the pocket and delivering a pass. I think um, that is something that is going to be huge for him. But like I said, anticipation is big. He has that. He has great vision. He can really look off a safety and then throw you know open up the middle of the field and then just um, throw a nice post route right in the middle of the field, right in the heart of the defense. I saw that a couple times in this film. And like I said, he's not going to throw the ball you know 80 yards downfield. But when he when he needs to thread the needle, my goodness, he can thread the needle. And um, you know, after we're done recording this, I think what I'm going to do is attach just a couple clips of the plays I'm talking about, and you guys can you guys will be able to see. I think this guy is a really good player that Oregon State can really get. And plus, with the X's and O's guys that Oregon State or the Oregon State coaching staff is, my goodness, man, I think they could really make this guy. Uh, a really great player. And I'm trying to think of a quarterback that we've had that kind of is like that, the his play style. But, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, man. I don't know if we've really had one that's really like him. Just athletic, you know, um, tall, and I don't know, man. I don't think we've had that. You know, look at – just listen to you talk about him. I, I pulled up his film real quick because it, it had been a minute since I've seen it. And he is athletic. He, I, I love what you're saying about the touch on the ball, and definitely he has the, the ability to escape. Want him to stay in the pocket a little bit more, however. 
but I'm having flashbacks of Marcus uh, McMarion. Absolutely. To a degree. Um, I think they have comparable attributes to one another. Mm -hmm. And uh, you think about, you know, the the previous staff's inability to develop a quarterback, and then you look at, you know, a staff that's built around developing quarterbacks. Yeah. So... Well, that and that's that's the thing. There, you know, you can't just come in and expect a quarterback to. And I think we do this a lot at Oregon State. Is whenever we get a guy, right, we instantly think, okay, his game is polished and he's ready to play, like right away. Like, come on, come out here and start making plays for us. Um, And that's something that we really need to keep in mind. These kids are projects, right? And that's how it is. There's there's times that you take chances on guys, put them in there early when they're young, and. You know, like a Jamar Jefferson, it worked out extremely well because he answered basically every question that we has, basically if he was ready or not, and he, you know, he mm-hmm. was. But with this kid, it's just he has great. He has a great touch on the ball. He leads his receivers, like I said, anticipation. He has the vision. He uses his eyes to his advantage. But would love to see him stay in the pocket a little more. But at at, at that kind of stage in your life where. You're that much better than a lot of the competition you play. It's kind of hard to basically contain a beast. Like you're asking this kid to not ball out and buy extra time, throw deep passes, you know, perfectly and everything like that. And your film's supposed to be exciting. So what's more exciting than watching your quarterback right roll out of the pocket like Michael Vick and make a play with his feet? It's almost nothing, Definitely. right? So that's yeah. something we have to keep in mind. But he has a great deep ball. I would say from 40 yards. He's about as accurate as I've seen, and you're right. A lot of Marcus McMarion kind of play style, uh, he can move, mm-hmm. but like I said, just keep him in the pocket a little longer. But his anticipation and vision, absolutely stellar, and that's what that's what yeah. I got for him, man. Yeah, I think it'll be you know if if he were to pledge to Oregon State, um, give him a little time to, you know, as with any incoming freshman, really give him the time to adjust to the the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you played in high school and then went to the next level playing collegiately. How long would you say it took for you to really get up to speed, I guess, um, and be comfortable playing at the college level? Uh, I would say I would say it took me about a year and a half. It, it's just because when, when you come out on scout team, right, it's not the same as mm-hmm. when you play in a game, right? And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of – I would say with Coach Riley and his staff, their guys were X's and O's guys, right? They understood football in the in and outs. And with the last staff, with the Anderson staff, I think that kind of hindered my game a little bit rather than be like, okay, do you see what you're doing here? It was more of a, you're doing this wrong, fix it, right? And that's, that's what Coach Smith and his staff, they do a great job of is identifying how to make a player better. And then when they do, they, they can easily make him better. You can just tell that offensively, that the offense looks brand new. They they really do look absolutely brand new, at least from two seasons ago, right? Yeah. So you look at them now and just think of what they can do with an athletic quarterback who has a good arm, accuracy, and great with his eyes. Come on, man. That's yeah. that as Shaq would say, that's barbecue chicken. That's uh, that's <laughs> that's all you could ask for, man. And that's something that I think Oregon State fans have to keep in mind. Is like I keep saying. It's going to take time. It takes like a year. It took me a year and a half. But once you're in the groove, man, you're in the groove. Like you are absolutely feel. I don't want to say feeling yourself because, man, 
But at the end of the day, if you know you can ball, you know you can ball. That's where the chip on your shoulder comes, and I think he has it. But like you said, we haven't had a guy like this since Marcus McMarion. And I'm going to go out on a limb. I hope Marcus isn't listening, but I think he might have been better than Marcus was in high school. I'm going to say that. Yeah. So we'll see. I might have to text Marcus. I I won't tell Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I might have to text him and see, but – you know what, man? He, he's a really good player. I'm really excited. I hope Oregon State can get him. Um, Adam, you know more than I do how many offers he has and kind of competition that Oregon State's in, but do you have kind of any takes on him and how well do you think he would fit in this Oregon State offense? Yeah, I think I think he's another compliment into the quarterback room if he were to pledge to Oregon State. He's got eight offers right now. He's got uh, several other Pac-12 offers, Cal, Colorado, uh, Boise's kind of a big one in there too. Uh, BC, Boston College, had offered early on, um, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. What's good for the bees is that they actually are expecting him up on campus for the spring game, so they'll have the opportunity to really kind of roll out the red carpet in a um, game-like scenario uh, situation out there and show them, you know, how passionate Beaver Nation is mm-hmm. and the how he would fit into the. Uh, the, the the program and what they're trying to do, and you look at kind of the uh, the quarterback room right now for Oregon State, and it's kind of a you got a little bit of everything in there. You got the size with Jake Luton, you got the uh, the pedigree with uh, Tristan Jevia, and then you got you know guys like Aiden Willard and Nick Moore who are you know the complementary pieces at this point right now who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they. They, they pitched the vision for him and fitting in there and how they would uh, somewhat tweak the offense so it best fits them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they have ample opportunity to really show him, you know, everything that Oregon State has to offer coming up with the spring year. Yeah, and I know they – I think he has a couple other Pac-12 offers, like you were saying, but, um, you know, if you're Oregon State, this is kind of – there's a couple guys, and like I said, I don't always say it, but this is the guy that you you should probably go all out on, right? You get him, and he really reminds me. If, and if you know, I'm a Colorado fan. I'm looking at this guy like this is like a Stephen Montez, right? Yeah. He plays exactly like Stephen Montez, and Stephen Montez is a great quarterback. So if yeah. you can get a guy like that, that's absolutely phenomenal. I know that Montez is a little taller. I think he's six five, six four. This kid six two, six three, probably. Um, but he looks athletic. You put, you're probably going to put barely any weight on him just to get his arm strength a little better. But besides that, man, that's all I got for you guys. For him, he he's a good player. Um, not to get off track from him, but another thing to keep in mind is Sawyer Racanelli. I know I I rave about this guy constantly, literally constantly. I know, but um, I just saw he picked up an offer from Michigan. But as mm-hmm. much as everyone kind of deep side about that. I'm telling you guys, being the first team to offer a player will instantly keep you in their top five. I really think that. That's exactly what happened to me. Because University of Washington was the first team to talk to me, and I kept them in my top five down to the very end. But you can't. I couldn't say no to Coach Riley. I loved. I loved everything that he, you know, sold me on. But that's something to keep in mind. If Oregon State can get that kid with getting offers from, you know, Michigan, my goodness. Lick your chops, barbecue yeah. chicken. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that just speaks uh, as a testament to 
the staff's ability to uh, identify talent early mm-hmm. on. I mean, guys like Racanelli, Stroud, um, there's a bevy of other athletes who this staff was identified early on were the first or second uh, to offer. And uh, they're, that's really resonating with those athletes as well, as they, even as they continue to add offers. Uh, you know, I agree with you. Racanelli is definitely a, uh, a stud and kind of that once in a, a cycle type of player that comes along who just excels at wherever you put him, whether it's linebacker, safety, wide receiver, and the wildcat. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's a baller, you know. No other way to put it. He's gonna, you put him out there, he's going to get it done. Um, so it's, it's, uh, we'll definitely see how that plays out with some of these guys. And hopefully the bees can start to re- uh, generate some recruiting momentum here as uh, spring camp looks to end and official visit season starts to pick up. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, Adam, well, that was a good episode, my man. Do you have anything else for us? Or are we, uh, we going to preview yeah. anything for next week? All righty, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again to this segment of the uh, Damn Recruiting Podcast. We're going out to the hotline right now. We got future B three-star inside linebacker John Miller out of Tualatin, the first commit for Jonathan Smith's 2020 recruiting class. John, how you doing, man? Good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Of course, our pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so, what you know, you committed back in December. What have you been up to since? Uh, for right now, I've been just do. I just finished basketball back in December, and I'm now in track, just working on trying to get faster, trying to maintain speed for next year, and get ready for to come down to OSU. Definitely. So, working on the speed, strength, and agility, kind of um, as you move into your senior season upcoming here out there at Twalton. Uh, so let's flash back then and kind of talk about more what led up to your you announcing your commitment uh, just prior to the early signing day for the 2019 class. What was it about Oregon State that really resonated with you and led you to choose to pledge to Oregon State? Uh, one thing is that it's close. My family can come out and see me. It's a, it's a beautiful school. I love the campus. It's an amazing, amazing place to be. And the coaching staff there there's something they're unreal to me. I'd never I never think a coaching staff would contact a player that much and recruit. So it really means a lot to me and that meant a lot to me that they showed that they care a lot and they, they really want me to be a bee that I really want you to. So that that really helped me decide and I think that was like the, the turntable of it. Definitely. Uh which coaches had been primarily reaching out to you? Was it kind of a, a group effort between a, a bunch of them or was there a couple that were you know, blowing up your DMs? Uh, a couple were definitely uh, Jake Cookis and my position coach, uh, Trent Bray, and sometimes even uh, Coach Smith. He was coming to text me a couple times or something, just checking in on me. So that was – that. I really appreciated that, and I, it really means a lot to me. Definitely. Definitely, of course. Um, so what what has their message been then to you uh, about Oregon State? What are they really trying to build here um, – with the program in year two? Uh, they definitely want to, they they want to keep working, chipping away and improving each year and having, bringing in guys to rebuild the, rebuild the program and just continue the culture and just bring it all together and bring it back to what it used to be. Definitely. And, you know, I, I know in the 2019 class, they really had an emphasis on uh, recruiting the state of Oregon. Um, have they reached out to you to, you know, let you know who else they're targeting to 
try to peer recruit at all? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know that I know a couple of guys that I've got offers from Oregon State. I'm good friends with a lot of them, so I've been I've been trying to a couple of things that year, trying to get them to come down to Oregon State with me. So I'm I'm still working on it. Definitely it for me. You, you want to throw some names out there or not? Nah? No, 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 probably not, because all, all their decisions could be different later. It's all good. No worries. Uh, so they're in the middle of spring camp then right now. Um, I know you're working on getting down there for the spring game here on the 20th. Uh, what are you hoping to see while you're down here? Do you, Have they kind of given you a um, a preview of what to expect? Uh, I know that I'm going down to, to, to see everything. I mean, I've pretty much seen it all. I mean, I love it already. So I, I know I know I'm coming down to it. It just feels it feels I have a good feeling every time I come down. There, I always feel welcome. I always feel uh, I always feel happy to be there. So I, coming in, I don't I don't really expect to see too much of something new. But they haven't really given me uh, a picture yet of what we're gonna do. Okay. What I'm gonna see though. Okay. Cool. Um, so heading, do you have have you started to establish any goals then for yourself as you head into your senior season? Uh, for football, are you working on anything this off season um, outside of like, I guess, speed and agility specifically? Uh, I know I, I'm just I'm just coming in my senior season to prove people wrong, people that <laughs> kind of look over me. I'm just trying to prove them wrong, and I'm just working hard to get there. Everything I can. Cool. Well, hey, thank you, John, for coming on the Damn Recruiting Podcast here on the Hotline. Uh, we sure do appreciate it, and definitely we'll be in touch having you back on here soon. Uh, listen, I think we should just kind of touch on some of the visitors from this past week um, real quick and who's coming up for spring game. We'll do a deeper delve or deeper dive into some of these athletes, identifying them uh, next week's episode. Uh, we had already mentioned Chad Johnson coming up for the spring game. C.J. Stroud's going to be up. Uh, coming down from Salem, we got uh, Junior Walling. He's another linebacker out of uh, – Where's the yeah, McNary, I do believe. Um, one of the top running back uh, targets for Coach Petrie, Marshawn Buchanan, is going to be up. And we also got our commit, our lone commit right now, John Miller's expected on campus uh, coming down from Twalton. Um, I know we got him on the hotline here later today uh, or later on in this episode, so we'll be getting that added on. Um, we flash back to who was kind of on campus this week. I think the names that you need to be familiar with, uh, New Ton of Vesta. He's a DN out of Mission Viejo. Uh, really enjoyed his visit. Uh, Jameer Shepard, a wide receiver out of Palo Alto. He told me he loved everything about Oregon State. Um, all of these guys are three stars, by the way. Tight end Jake Oberman, Coach Waz's top target right now. Had a great time. They really blew our expectations out of the water. Um, and then Jackson LaDuke is uh, outside linebacker out of Reno, Nevada. He's out on campus today, so we'll be catching up with him tonight so make sure you're checking out beaver blitz for all the latest on that 